being a business owner, you go from mapping the men's lose on one day because there's been a blockage in the toilet yep. to being nominated for Finance Director of the Year Awards. I literally handed my notice in and then I found out I was pregnant. Obviously, you're, you're sort of running the, the business here, mm. but at the same time, you're also a practicing accountant. Still young. They, they have day release, so they do... One day, day released. That's an interesting turn of phrase. Yeah. You have to give and take because you can't do everything. Even if people think, oh my gosh, she has everything sorted, you just think, no, no. You just do. They're alive. That's my, that's my premise of the kids are alive. Yeah, it's good. okay. <laughs> Oh, isn't it? Don't you do? Isn't it that? Isn't it something like that? You, you don't do a I've, I've pro, seen, right? yeah. No, I've seen like the, the radio you, you presenters. Don't they do? No, it's on the King's speech, isn't it? Oh, is it? I don't the know. guy that announces on the King's speech, he does that, and he does those warming up exercises hey, for his throat. Me, 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 me. <laughs> me, me yeah. <laughs> that's what I just need to block out of my head. I think just be follow. Well, yeah. Right. Do we not have a snap board? No, do not do. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a pro at this. Like, like hey, I've never I'm done one of these before. <laughs> this is the first. Time. <laughs> it's so funny. You're like, I've never done. I've never. I've no idea what. Oh no, about I'm just talking. You know, do you not keep your chin as far away from the mic? <laughs> and then, before we start, do you not have to do a snap board? Yeah, I'm just thinking again about Drive to Survive and like yeah. Daniel Ricardo drawing like on the that thing and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome back to our second episode of Uncommon Sense. We, we got through the pilot session last week and the directors here have given us the go-ahead for the full series, which is great news. Woo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really pleased to say that today we're joined by Heather, Heather Cheatham, who is one of the directors at The Uncommon Practice. Uh, hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on. A bit like Steve, you didn't have much choice. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. So it's great to have you. Thanks so much for joining us. What I'd like to, I'd like to cover a whole load of things today. Heather is the director said at the Uncommon Practice has been working in accountancy for 50, 14, 15 years. 15 years. Yes, yeah, yeah. An interesting entry into accountancy and into industry I'd like to talk about a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. You've also just been nominated Young Finance Director of the Year. Still young. Which is great. <laughs> at the Finance Awards Wales, so that's brilliant. I'd like to get an understanding a bit about how you are as a leader. Obviously, you're, if you don't mind me saying, fairly young female director so I'd yeah. be really interested to get your views on that and then also talk a bit more about sort of what you think makes the uncommon practice uncommon yeah I know we talked Great. about that with Steve but I'd love to get your views on that mm-hmm. so let's get into it so you went into accounting straight from school which is an interesting route and I know that some people might be interested because I think a lot more people are going to be doing that now yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know with university and not going to university mm-hmm. so I'm just interested to get your view on that, why you made that decision, was it the right thing to do? And and then if you could tell us a bit more about your career, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, so gosh, A-levels, 2006. Mm-hmm. My parents were like a lot of other parents, oh, you must go to university, you must do that. And, you know, I was sort of set on wanting to be a vet at one point, which okay. obviously uh, very different to this. I decided to have a gap year and just thought, you know what, I don't want to rush this. It's just, Even back then, it was a lot of money to go to university right, yeah. and, and all the rest of it. But my, yeah, as I say, my dad was like, you must do something. But, you know, so basically it was that my, my parents and I have a bit of a joke about this still is that I basically went down a list of jobs that you could do 
that where you could get a professional qualification right. but also maintain a reasonably good lifestyle mm-hmm. you know ultimately mm-hmm. and you know nearly an acupuncturist but got to accountancy and I thought actually you know yeah you can do an apprenticeship you can get funded to do it and mm-hmm. you know and then my parents were were happy to sort of take me down this route so but yeah obviously very different to what I thought I was going to do at school and yeah just sort of went from there really so right. I had a gap year but my mum said no you must get a job before you leave because I want you to come back <laughs> So yeah, I did that. Went to work for a firm in Chester, a Northwest base. Mm-hmm. So, and I trained. I did my AAT and then my chartered accountancy qualifications from there. They supported me through all of that, and yeah, really, really good grounding from my for a qualification experience in practice. So, again, that is working, starting off from incomplete records from bookkeeping all the way through to doing hundred million t- pound turnover business audits mm-hmm. by the time I was I'd left there so I was there for 13 and a half years made my way all the way to associate which is one less than part one below partner mm-hmm. and then yes a c- couple of years ago my one of the other directors here we came out of that firm together and set up the uncommon accountants which is obviously part of the uncommon practice mm-hmm. and yeah that's sort of that's the story of where I've got to from so does the uncommon practice have people doing a similar route then coming straight out of school yes yeah 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 yeah. we've currently got three students who are doing their AAT and they go to the local college I'd say that we're fully support that they they have day release so they do one day day release (laughs) (laughs) that's an interesting turn of phrase so we let them out for one day (laughs) from the the prison (laughs) of the prison of work to go quite interesting yeah yeah so we support that yeah so yeah we work yeah we work with students and say their their college work is supported by their work at in the office great yeah oh great so this is interesting so you're now a director so you're obviously as i've said big up the finance director of the year nomination (laughs) hopefully you're gonna win i'm sure you will (laughs) but i'm interested to get your view because you're obviously you're you're sort of running the the business here Mm. but at the same time you're also a practicing accountant yeah yeah so which is interesting i'm not sure usually in a accounting firm you've got the practicing accountants who are doing the, the client work and then there's other people that sort run the business, yeah, is that yeah. right? Sure, yeah. So how have you found that? Yeah, yeah. So as I say, being a business owner, you go from mopping the men's lose on one day because there's been a blockage in the toilet yep. to sort of being nominated for Finance Director of the Year Award. Mm-hmm. So it's really varied sort of from that side of things. And when I'd found out that I'd was that i been nominated, I felt a bit sort of, I didn't quite feel like it fit as the right category to be honest right. when you looked at the other categories because you kind of go well I am a I am a practicing accountant in a firm but actually yeah, I do have the hat of FD as well like you say mm-hmm. so I kind of feel that that gives me the experience to be able to help businesses with running a business because I'm I'm in that position myself you know a new business we've only been going a couple of years so like I say doing everything from all the sort of things of running any business that every business have to deal with to the fact that it is an accounting practice and there's other things I have to think about there as well, as well as helping all our clients as well. It's, yeah, it's really varied, really, really varied. Yeah, it's sort of like a startup mentality, if you like, yes. I suppose, in that yeah. sense that everybody just has to pitch in and mm. I'm sure a lot of people will recognise that. Yeah, yeah. You've just got to... You have to do what needs to be done. Crack on and yeah, get on yeah. with what needs to be yeah, done. Yeah, I know yeah. that you took all the mugs home the other day to wash them up yes. and it's just like no choice that yeah. someone's got to do it no, so yeah. Yeah, interesting yeah. so talking about being a leader then at the uncommon mm-hmm. practice I think this this would be interesting to quite a few people because as I said you're 
younger. <laughs> don't mind me saying that. Thanks. A young female director, and I know you've got you know a family life with children mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to get your perspective on how you found going from that role you had before into this leadership mm-hmm. role. How have you found it? What have been the challenges? Mm-hmm. If you could just talk to us a bit more yeah. about that, that'd be great. Yeah. So obviously, before I was purely the a practicing accountant like obviously I managed a bigger team because it was a bigger firm but it was literally that's work and you know and then at home back then I only I didn't have any children so that was kind of a you know switch although we did do obviously you do work long hours but it's kind of life yeah. and work and then we've gone from I literally handed my notice in and then I found out I was pregnant and then right. that was just chaos <laughs> good timing <laughs> but it's fine it's fine ultimately my secret is outsourcing so we outsource here we use we do a lot of outsourcing here but mm. i out- outsource at home you know is my house clean all the time no probably not but yeah. you know cleaner you know if it's got to be done <laughs> yeah. or like support from fam- i've got massive support from family right. so and my husband is yeah i should give him a shout out really yeah i'm sure he, he he sat there at home listening to this <laughs> uh, with our other three listeners thinking <laughs> She's not giving me a mention yet. How about me? How about me? Um, but yeah, no, we, but I do, I do feel that traditional sort of husband and wife demographic, we absolutely do not have that. And I think he does respect that and he does appreciate that my career is quite important yeah. to me as well as family. And he does as well. He, he is quite a big job as well. So we kind of, we do just have to give and take and we do, I feel like we do have quite a good balance, but yeah, ultimately... You have to give and take because you can't do everything. Even if people think, oh my gosh, she has everything sorted. You just think, no, no. <laughs> no. You just do. They're alive. That's my, that's my premise of the kids are alive. Yeah, it's good. okay. <laughs> so in terms of um, leading at the Uncommon yeah. Practice then with, the, with the guys here, and I'm interested to get your you know, experience of having taken that role on. Mm. Uh, how have you found it? Yeah, it's... The sort of day-to-day managing of people has been actually quite similar to what I did in my previous role. But actually you go, gosh, it's my head over the door now. And yep. although I did have quite a lot of autonomy where I used to work, it was still ultimately it's someone else's business and I couldn't just make every decision. Whereas now you go, oh, actually, it is my business. But ultimately it, that does have positives because you can just make decisions because at the end of the day, you know, you've got to make decisions otherwise things never get done Mm -hmm. I heard that uh, this is a really random off topic thing but everyone knows Pitbull don't they he's got this this he does like lots of random like sayings and he says you don't make mistakes they're must takes so it's like you know you've got to make opportunities out of your mistakes okay don't you know I can't I can't do the Pitbull accent but it's like that's something recently where he's like you know you don't that, did I, did say I it say again. That so right? you must make. You don't make mistakes. mistakes. They're must takes. Oh, good. Sorry, did I not say that right first time? I think you did. <laughs> I just, that's good. No, so it's I like, like that a lot. you know, learning from mistakes. Le- you know, you know, basically learning from mistakes, really. Yeah. But I just yeah. like the way Pitbull says it. So when you say you're learning from mistakes, this might be a bit. It's a bit where I can edit in. You have to edit in. We can edit. We can edit this in. That's fine. <laughs> I was going to ask you then. Okay, so, and you, this depends how honest you want to be. Mm. In terms of mistakes, then. Are you willing to share any that you think you've made? Oh gosh! You think off the top of your head? Is there anything oh, that you would do differently? How about oh that, gosh. rather than mistakes? Do you know what? Top of my head, no, because I feel that I don't hold on to stuff. I probably have. Don't get me wrong. I've probably made mistakes, but I just top of my head. I'm just trying to think now. 
do you know what no okay <laughs> maybe come back to me i'll have a think about it because like i say i don't i kind of go right oh yeah i probably have made lots of mistakes but i just go right okay let's just correct it and move on maybe i'm just trying yeah. to think that's really bad isn't it i can't even no, think no, I of something think I, don't think it's, I don't think it's bad i think that's that's, um, that's interesting I, I like what you're saying about you've got to just get stuck in and and, yeah. and get on with it i think communication is a, is a big thing i guess i'm just I'm just thinking now and i guess sometimes email communication can be so it can be interpreted oh, in absolutely. so many different ways and is what i've i think i guess that's one thing is that i've sent an email to someone in meaning it in completely innocent or just a by the way can we just blah blah blah, blah and they've taken it in such a negative way yeah. and been upset with me say for example or or thought oh my gosh she's upset but she's annoyed with me and i was like oh my god that's not how i meant it and if i'd have just gone and just had a conversation and yeah. explained myself in person or on the phone even that might have been better well it's that old thing about when you're doing the signature at the bottom and you and you never know what to put oh, at the bottom regards. Do you? well regards is the most passive aggressive <laughs> thing that you can put at the bottom of the email. so it's like is it kind regards do i know them well enough to say all the best yeah. probably not yeah. can i say cheers maybe to someone i, I had know. a client that used to say warm wishes and that missed to meet me go. <laughs> yeah. but then if only someone only puts regards God, you know you they're think, really annoyed yeah now I'm, in, now I'm in trouble i've upset this person but also if you're frustrated with someone else you just say regards yeah no but you're right no that's yeah. an interesting one about yeah. email communication because i think you know people you, can yeah. i'm people sure can don't get me wrong i've probably in, made I? a lot of mistakes but to what you're saying is better to, just, better to just go and speak to someone is what you're <laughs> oh, saying i think so because yeah. people's interpretations of sitting in a meeting someone's ter- interpretation yeah. of a conversation can sometimes be completely not what you taken from the same conversation you're in the same room it can be crazy sometimes but so in terms of your leadership, you know, mm-hmm. you're leading a company, as I said, slightly younger person, and you'll mm-hmm. be working in a world where there are people who are older, mm-hmm. who've been working in the industry a lot longer. You're working with business owners who've mm-hmm. been in the industry a long time. How have you found that? And how have you found being, you know, taking that role on, but having to, to work with people who have mm-hmm. been in, say, the business longer or in businesses longer? How have you mm-hmm. found that? Yeah, yeah. I think the buzzword of imposter syndrome is a yeah. is, is that you know the sort of that overarching feeling. I, I Did have you feel had, like that to an extent? And in, I feel comfortable where I am. But yeah, there there have been certain situations where I've felt, oh gosh, I feel like I shouldn't be sat around this table, or I don't right. feel like I can bring something to this or whatever. But I would say that an example I had was when I had I had did have a little bit of time off when I had my daughter, and a big job that was I knew was looming and waiting for me when I came back was helping sort of with another business that we work with from an operational side of things and going literally going into their office establishing the dynamics all the politics and trying to help it run more efficiently and operate efficiently and I kind of went into that going I've yes I've got my own business here but we're you know it's a clean slate it's it's you know a handful of people really when we started and it's easy to sort of make decisions and change things because we could be flexible. Whereas where we, I was working was a very traditional business. They've, they've always, you know, the amount of times I was told, but this is always how we've done it. I'd be yeah. a millionaire. Mm-hmm. But so going into that, that environment and going, oh my gosh, I've only actually only ever worked in another firm, one other place. Right. So in my head, I had voices going, you only know one way other way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So why do you think you can come in here and tell these people what to do? And I just thought, no, that's just, yes, that is something I need to be mindful of because there are very 
there are so many ways of doing things, but you ultimately have to break down the situation that you're in mm-hmm. and go, what is right for this business? And question everything because that answer of, this is just always how we've been told to do it is not an answer. Yeah. It's absolutely not the answer. So yeah, so going back to your question about when I felt like yeah. I was sort of out of my out of my depth or a bit of imposter syndrome, that was sort of a real life example I've had from the last couple of years. And then obviously, among my fellow directors at the Uncommon Practice, although don't get me wrong, no, none of them make me feel like I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And they have been my biggest advocates from a supporting point of view and helping with advice. And obviously I, I always consult them on yeah. I've got issues or what should I do about certain things? And they've been real, you know, real supporters of me, which I really appreciate. But I do sometimes just go, oh gosh, I am still young and like, you know, but I think that's, I think you should always think like that, irrelevant of your age. And I know Steve's talked about listening and always taking things in and not just thinking your way is the only way because that can obviously lead you down a path of business destruction. Yeah. How how have you overcome? I mean, I'm I'm thinking people listening to this will be thinking that's really great and honest and Mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that with us. I think what I'm interested to know then is as someone in your position, how do you overcome that imposter syndrome? Is there anything that you, you've you done? Is there anything you tell yourself? Mm. Just interested to understand yeah, yeah. that a bit more. Uh, I think it's the, the keep calm and carry on. Right. And just be, and again, I like my sort of phrases, the whole <laughs> fake it till you make it to an extent. Like yeah. you need to be able to know when you're out of your depth and to ask for help because you should never feel like you're on your own. Even if you're starting a business just on your own, there's support out there in any shape or form, isn't it? Either in your trusted advisor, your uncommon practice, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, your friend or your parents or you know, whatever from whatever range, any sort of, depending on what kind of business you're in, you know. Sorry, I've just gone off. I completely. No, have that's my great. No, because <laughs> no, you're saying fake it till you make it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So to an extent, like I say, but it's it is that thing of being. I think keeping the honesty in a situation and going right. Okay, I am here to help tell me what your problems are or what are the issues that this business are facing but ultimately I don't I'm not going to have all the answers straight away and I'll come back to you or or I think you should try this this and this and just talking with people and yeah communicating because a lot of people change is a big thing that people don't like right irrelevant of what cycle or life yep. part of this the cycle of a business they're in and they're obviously concerned about what you're doing to come in and try and yeah. change things so I think that's a big thing of communicating that to an extent, you know. And just being, I guess, being confident, believing in yourself. Yeah. And saying, no, I, I do deserve to be here. Yes. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. To an extent. But also it's keeping that balance, isn't it, of saying, you know, you don't know everything. But, but you know. A bit of humility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. So people listening to this are going to be thinking, I can't believe they're going to talk about this. This is, this is, this is literally the most boring topic on the... Switch on off. The, yeah, this is the most boring topic in the world, but... I know it's something that you are passionate about because <laughs> you talk to me about it all the time, which is bookkeeping, right? <laughs> so people have sw- our three listeners are now down to two and that's okay. Thanks for staying with us, mum. I'm interested to know then from, you're saying bookkeeping is really important. Mm. And I know that as the Uncommon Accountants, we push it a lot, this idea of real-time bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. Could you give us a bit more of an overview about what it means mm the importance of bookkeeping yeah, yeah. that would be great so no matter what you are you know whether you're a sole trader partnership 
you know, all the way up to a massive limited company, the government still want your money. <laughs> you still got right. to pay tax to an extent, haven't mm-hmm. you? And you've still got to do your reporting. And with everything with making tax digital, it's becoming more digitized, more frequent. You know, their plans over the next sort of four or five years, although they do keep putting it back, but you know, they'll get mm-hmm. there eventually. Yeah. Um that making tax digital for VAT is already a thing where, you know, you have to record it, you know, digitally, obviously. And that the fact that God, I've just lost my train of thought again. That's okay. <laughs> sorry. It's, it's bookkeeping. It's sent it's you to sleep already. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I can't sorry, talk yeah. about this. So there's sort of two elements to it. The fact that you have to do it from a compliance point of view, yeah. but also to be able to really truly run your business, having real-time bookkeeping is can be such a massive asset. And it's not just going, oh, well, I can look at my bank statements and I've got 10 grand in the bank or whatever, because you don't know actually how many how much liability you've got, as in what are the invoices you've got to pay, or who owes you money, just looking at what's in the bank. So doing your real-time bookkeeping is a really important element of being able to have that at your fingertips. And, you know, software and AI these days make it so much easier to be able to do real-time bookkeeping. So that's, you know... So do you think then then in the smaller businesses that we work with, that isn't something that's being done very well at the moment? Or is it is it just that bookkeeping isn't given the status <laughs> that it, it deserves, maybe? I, I think to an extent, yes. That, yeah, people don't put enough onus on it that, right. you know, to get to, you know, even if you're just constant, concentrating on, I've got to do the compliance side of things, giving your an account your accountant a bag of records. one a a carrier week, bag. Yeah, in a carrier bag the month before your yeah. deadlines. That's just not conductive to anyone. It's historical. Mm-hmm. It should have been done months ago. And ultimately, you're not having enough warning to go, right, actually, if you've got tax to pay, you're not having any warning to plan your cash flow from yeah. a, right, actually, I've got to pay, pay out some tax in a few weeks sort yeah. of thing. And trust me, accountants don't really like having to sift through bags of receipts. No. So, <laughs> But I think it's also interesting you're saying that about cash flow forecasting, because mm. that's something else that we've, we've talked a lot about yeah. here. And I think a lot of what surprised me and perhaps surprised you mm. is the number of smaller businesses that have either no cash flow forecast mm. at all or have a very limited yeah back of cash flow type back of fact yeah. packet that's yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. so is there when we think about cash flow forecasting mm. is that something that you think is important how mm. can businesses do it better what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean to extent to some extent not to do myself out of a job but some businesses you know the owner to begin with they can they can mentally have they roughly know what their ins and out each month are but you know if you're going to a financer for a loan they can't extract that from your head you still need to be able to prove to them that you do you do know what you're talking about yeah. so i think it's important i think it is important to get into the habit of being able to document everything and like i say we we can support with that can't you know and and to help grow the business if you are wanting to sort of aim to be somewhere again steve's analogy of you don't get in a car without knowing where you're wanting to drive is a really one that's really stuck with me from a point of view of yeah actually if you don't know where your business wants to go Mm -hmm. how how can you get there how can you make decent decisions basically how can you make the right decisions if you don't know yeah yeah what your numbers look like or what what your plans are what your liabilities are in the future i think for me having looked into cash flow forecasting a bit since I've been working here. That's the key thing for me is thinking about, you know, if you're a business, you need to put contingencies in place Mm -hmm. for different scenarios. How can you do that if you haven't sort of planned it out or scoped it out and seen what's coming up? Now, that's interesting. I think 
so we've 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 spoke a bit about bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. We've spoke a bit about cash flow forecasting. So our two listeners are now down to one. My <laughs> mum switched off probably as we got to cash flow forecasting. So now we're down to Gaz. He's the only person who's stuck with us all the way through. Well done, Gaz. Heather's please. Well done. I'd like to talk a bit about the uncommon practice then. So we, we heard from Steve last week in our sort of first episode mm-hmm. about what he thinks makes the uncommon practice uncommon. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've got all of this behind us. So it, it stands out. The brand's bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's different. But other than just the logo and the branding, mm. which is different yeah. and uncommon. I, I'm said it before and I'll say it again, I don't want the uncommon practice, the uncommon bit to just be a gimmick, mm-hmm. right? So from your perspective, what does make the uncommon practice uncommon? Mm. Yeah, like you say, it's it's hard to sex up bookkeeping, isn't it, to an extent, but- We know, tried we try, today, we though, didn't we? We're trying our best, we're trying our best. And like the compliance side of things, you do kind of go, that has to be done. But we we do pride ourselves on doing it in a you know a really swift and efficient way, and you know the way as I say the practices here because we've been able to start from scratch. We're we're adopting software and doing everything electronically. We pride ourselves on being pretty much paperless here uh, to try and help with the sustainability side of things as well. But from my point of view, from an ops because that's operations is really my side. It's it's about the ethos ethos of our staff as well as the interaction with our clients and. And to make sure that our staff are happy and and they 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 understand the uncommon brand as well, which I guess you're sort of still asking, well, what is that? But it's it's that perception of accountants. Oh, you know, it's a bit boring. But you come to work. Oh, you're just coming to work to to work. Which is obviously we want people to be efficient and we want you know to get the best yeah. out of everybody. But we also, like I say, you spend so much of your life at work, don't yeah. you? The hours you you do spend. Yeah that we want it to be a bit of fun. We are a bit of a family and we do care about each other and that we're all here for the main goal of, you know, improving the business, but also that everyone's happy in their work and they feel that they're 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 achieving their goals personally. Like I say, you know, we have our trainees, we want them to grow and to be able to be part of part of their journey as being an accountant. I think that's great. I think that's really interesting because from my perspective on the marketing side of mm. the company, we often think about the brand as something that is, you know, to relate to our clients. So mm. we want, you know, our clients to like, potential clients to mm. like it, we want our existing clients to like mm. it. They want to relate to it, say, yeah, that's my mm. accountant or that's my consultant. Mm. But what's interesting, what you're saying, and, and I absolutely love this, and I think it's, it's right, is that your brand and your culture also needs to reflect the type of employees that you want mm. to employ. Absolutely. The culture that you've got in the business, mm-hmm. the team. I know we had someone join us recently who said you know I this just felt like the type mm. of company I wanted to come and join that mm. must make you pleased from yeah. the, from the upside yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely and we're tra- obviously we're we're recruiting at the minute so you know <laughs> we've only got one listener <laughs> left though that's the problem <laughs> yeah it's that to me is really important okay. I really do think it is because happy staff yeah. make happy workers and effect efficient workers and you know I don't I don't want people coming to work and not looking forward to coming to work that's not it's not Absolutely. how it should be like you say life's too short isn't it we're here to do what we want to do to work to live don't we yeah um, i know as steve talked about last week when i asked him about what his sort of uncommon sense was that mm. he wanted to share that was one of the things he was saying was have fun mm. because yeah. we spend oh, yeah. so much time at work <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that okay it doesn't mean don't take things seriously, seriously. No. but yeah. i do think you can th- take things too seriously yeah, can't absolutely. you and yeah, like yeah. you say we spend hours and hours at work every mm. day so 
if it's not something that you're enjoying, then, then yeah, your you turnover is going to be yeah, yeah, definitely. quick and you're not, you know, people aren't yeah. going to stay yeah, loyalty. Yeah. That's great. So th- I suppose the final thing I want to ask you, this has been really interesting, great conversation. I'd really like to ask you about, so every week we are going to ask our guests what sort of uncommon sense hmm. they would share with other business owners or leaders mm-hmm. or people that are listening. And when I say uncommon sense, I mean something that's from your experience mm-hmm. Uh, something that you probably wouldn't read in a textbook or something if you went to chat GPT and typed in give me some business <laughs> mantra or something that it would come out with I'm really interested to know what your uncommon sense would be oh gosh right put you on the spot here Heather. <laughs> I think that thing of with being a young leader as well it is that thing of again the cliche of the phrases but you know the the leadership is action not age so that thing of saying it's it's difficult to go in somewhere where it's established and there's people of all ages and they see you come in and they sort of go who is this person I mean they're told your title they're told what you're here to do but if you don't actually act on what you say you're doing that respect doesn't get built up does it so I think it really is about being able to prove yourself and being confident enough in yourself to say I can do this and this is what I'm going to do like I say setting out your plans from day one is a really important thing that I've learned from from the last couple of years yeah, I love that so leadership is something that you do rather than a title is that yeah. sort of what you're saying yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it's that thing of you it's that it's it's that conscious thing that I still even go now that I go gosh I am actually one of the lead, main leaders here especially in the accounting side of things and I go oh god actually yeah I am the boss everyone does look at me on a day-to-day basis a lot of the time because obviously Marlon's not in the office that much is he so like and I just go god actually yeah I am here. I am the leader. God, no, yeah. that's the imposter syndrome coming out again, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. think from, from my perspective, <laughs> do you know what, Heather? I, so I've known Heather for quite some time. We worked together years and years ago, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. And I remember when you, I don't think you were fresh out of school, but it wasn't, it wasn't too long ago <laughs> yeah, after yeah. that. But it's great to see you where you are now. Yeah. I've got to John. say, you, you, <laughs> I know you might think that you've got some sort of imposter syndrome, but mm. you absolutely deserve to be where you are. And I think some of the stuff you've shared today will be really useful to you know younger leaders who are out there thinking you know how do I do this but I really appreciate your honesty and thanks for joining us on Uncommon Sense thank you very much John it's been a pleasure